0: sunsets sunrises I mean the very best artist creator in the world is God yeah and you see those colors and you want to mimic that just to find that beauty I need to get back into art it's an outlet Um, it's a great mental health thing and there's times when I'm done and I'll sit back and I'll look at it and I'll go wow where did that come from art should invoke emotion
1: you are listening to another episode of the We Are Tusk podcast, presented by Dover First Christian Church, where we meet interesting people from all around Tuscararas County, and they tell us the stories that make us who we are. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Tusk podcast. As always, my name is Josh Robinson, and I'll be your host. And our job is to highlight people who make our community a better place to live, whether they're nonprofit leaders, small business owners, or in today's case, Vivian Mosley, who's an artist who recently opened and founded the Tusk Arts Cooperative Gallery. Uh, for the purpose of allowing a local artists to display their art and run the own gallery here in New Philadelphia. Vivian, thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So as we typically do, we like to start with some basic icebreakers, kind of get you comfortable, get our audience used to who you are. So tell me, as an art person, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, who's your favorite artist? Where do you draw inspiration from?
0: Um, actually, one of my favorite artists is John Waterhouse from the 1800s. Just the way he painted his paintings and you look into him and you can just see the story and it's, he's, his work is amazing. I've actually copied some of his art in paper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so talk a little bit about that. You were telling me that before we started recording that you like to do art with paper. What does that look like when you do art with paper?
0: Actually, I take many, many magazines and I start looking for color. If I need skies, I'll go through and start ripping paper out. Um, recently, I did a mermaid with red hair. So I was sitting in my doctor's office going through magazines and I silently ripped out some pe- <laughs> some paper of red hair, stuck it in my purse. But it's just a really cool medium. Um, it's cheap. It recycles lots of magazines. I also do oils and color pencil, but the magazine is ripping is just great therapy.
1: So you take the paper, rip them up, and then kind of make like a mosaic type piece out of all the different scraps of paper?
0: Yes. I call it painting with paper. And with paint, you look for your certain colors and you mix colors. And so you do the same thing with the magazines.
1: That's really cool. We're actually sitting here near one of those uh, pieces of art. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful what you've been able to create from paper that would have been thrown away otherwise. It's really well done. Thank you. <laughs> just another idea here. You know, we're talking on this art theme. We're sitting in an art gallery. I'm assuming that you had the opportunity to visit some art museums, art galleries in your life. Is there one particular trip or memory that sticks out as just kind of a really cool place to visit?
0: Well, every time I go to another town, I go to an art gallery. Last or summer before last, not last summer, I went to four. And the best one by far is still Cleveland, Ohio. We have one of the best art museums in the whole country.
1: What makes it so special?
0: The variety, the way they have it set up in, in selective rooms, and they have. Old masters. They have Monet. They have shows that come in, and a lot of the other galleries were just sort of stagnant. They they didn't bring in the newer artists too. It was, it just wasn't a good gallery to visit. Toledo's <laughs> the worst.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, no one from Toledo is listening. We don't want to offend any of our Toledo <laughs> listeners who are for some reason listening to our Forest yes. <laughs> County podcast. But hypothetically, if you're from Toledo, we're sorry. Yes. <laughs> So let's kind of start with your story and then we'll, that'll lead us into talking about how the gallery came to be and and what your vision for this place is. Um, Every artist has kind of a beginning or a point where they know this is something I'm good at or I'm gifted at or something I want to pursue. When did that happen for you?
0: Five years old, sitting in Sunday school coloring with crayons and the Sunday school teacher went to see my mom and she said, you know what? Your little girl's got some talent. And after that, I just had the opportunity to have a parent who bought me a painting kit, who bought me canvases, my dad made me an easel, and I just started learning on my own. And being from Dover, Ohio, we had the most fantastic art department, Bryce Browning, Janine Kennedy, they were amazing. So I got to develop my skills, learn different mediums, Uh, I was accepted into the Ohio Governor's Art Show. And painted for many years, took a few years off to have children and then get a job. And about seven years ago, I'm like, you know what? I got to start making art again. And that's what I did.
1: So you mentioned kind of the support of your parents and even the role the Sunday school teacher played. Who are some of the other folks along your journey who were kind of inspirational and and guided you down that path?
0: The art teacher at Dover, Bryce Browning, he really encouraged us to just be creative. It wasn't, you know, here's four colors, do as I say, put a picture on. The creativity that he let you have, and he would actually invite us to his house, show us different art. I mean, it was probably there was a catalyst for developing talent.
1: You mentioned that word creativity a couple of times. So where, where does creativity come from for you?
0: For me, creativity is something that we all do we just don't realize it it might be the way you dress it might be the way you decorate your house how you plant your flowers outside how you do your hair and makeup so for me it's just an expression of of making something beautiful making something out of nothing sometimes
1: do you find that there are certain things that bring you inspiration more than others that kind of inspire that creativity in you or do you find that it's just always there and you need it
0: there are times where there's an artist block. And then when I have that, I'll go to a museum. I will look at other people's art. I'll watch lots of YouTube videos. <laughs> and the thing is you'll see something that inspired you. Like, I love to walk. And I might see the way the sun is shining through the trees. And that will invoke a, how do I mix those colors? How do I do this? So it's an ongoing thing. It's it's kind of like, like expressing yourself. Sunsets, sunrises i mean the very best artist creator in the world is god yeah and you see those colors and you want to mimic that just (laughs) to find that beauty
1: you started young you had of this inspiration and guidance what is it that drew you into doing art was it just that you felt like you were good at it was it the creativity itself what made you as a person go i think this is what i want to do
0: i was sort of a strange child i was sort of a loner And I drew a lot, and I drew people, and I drew, and I would work on noses and ears, and, you know, 10, 11 years old, I'm drawing faces. Um, I got in trouble at school because I drew my teacher once. I got called down to the office. The principal said that my teacher said I drew her looking like a bulldog. (laughs)
1: And I
0: looked at him and I said, but she has all those like rolls under her chin. I just drew him. (laughs) So Mr. Wilson said, okay, I'm not going to punish you, but try not to draw her anymore.
1: (laughs) So it's not a very flattering picture.
0: I drew what I saw.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You found inspiration and you just had to create.
0: (laughs) She was a beautiful lady.
1: (laughs) So where do you find joy in, in doing that art today? Like what is it about? the process that keeps bringing you back to uh painting and drawing you said you took that time off what is it that keeps you going now
0: i think it's striving to leave something of myself for each of my children so far i've i've created art for them and now i'm working on for my grandchildren and i look back and i think you know what if my grandma, did did she paint? Did she do something? And then I'll find like an apron she embroidered. So I think part of it is that legacy part. And then the order you get, you're thinking, I want something that my grandkids can say. And hey, that's what my grandma made for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think there's something really cool about the creative process that where there was nothing, you have Mm -hmm. made something or maybe not where there was nothing, where you've taken these different pieces and elements Mm -hmm. And you've created kind of a piece of yourself that used to only exist in your brain. And now it's here in the real world for other people to see. It's just kind of a really, it's a, a prideful thing. It's something to be proud of, but it's also something to leave as a legacy.
0: And there's times when I'm done and I'll sit back and I'll look at it and I'll go, wow, where did that come from? You know, and, and I like to give praise where praise is due. And it's like, thank you, God, because I, I don't know where it came from. And I thank you for the talent, you know, and if,
1: if you're like most artists, you probably say that same sentence in different tones of voice. Sometimes it's like, a, wow, where did that come from? And sometimes it's like, wow, where did that <laughs> yeah. come from?
0: Yeah, let's cover that one up and start over.
1: <laughs> uh, and, of course, that's part of the process and the yes. beauty of the process, too, is that you can do that and have a yeah. rough draft and try a second take and kind of keep going. And there um, are
0: no mistakes in art, as Bob Ross used to say. <laughs> There's happy little accidents. And sometimes it turns out good. And other times you hide it in your closet. <laughs>
1: So you said that you kind of stopped painting when you had kids, and you just got back into it seven years ago. What was the catalyst for that? How did that happen?
0: I just started. You just, I just had that desire. It's like I need to get back into art. It's an outlet. Um, it, it's a great mental health thing. It's um, it's soothing. It's healing, like art therapy. And I started taking a class up at the Kent um, Museum of Art. And a great teacher, Frank Dale, and we started showing me how to paint in the style of the Old Masters. And I have a few paintings here in that style of the Old Masters with the glazes and the depth. And that got me back into it. And it it's just kept on going.
1: Do you think it was something that you needed because you hadn't had it in a while? Was it the new style that kind of drew you back in? What do you think it was that, that got you back involved?
0: I think part of it is art has always been very healing for me. And it was going through a time my dad was sick, a lot of things were happening, and it's, it's better than Xanax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why do you find that to be the case? Because as someone who's not artistic by nature, mm-hmm. I create in other ways, but I just, I struggled in art, it was not, not, my, not my thing. Art was always frustrating for me, I always dreaded having to do my art homework. Why do you think for you it's a healing thing?
0: I think it's because it's what I went back to even as a child. Um, Art was something that if you're feeling sad, you would draw. Um, I taught for several years when I had students who were out of control. I had a little tent with art supplies in it, paper, markers, crayons, and I would say, time to go in. And they would sit there and they would be angry and they would be drawing and then pretty soon they're drawing calmly and pretty soon they're like, okay, I'm ready. And it's just something soothing about letting out your emotion through art.
1: Do you paint angry sometimes?
0: Yes, I have painted very angry sometimes. (laughs) And some of them are some of my best work. Yeah, Because you you use the colors that you don't usually use with your dark colors and your blacks and your blues and your purples. And it it does, you can see emotion. Art should invoke emotion to people that are even going to purchase it.
1: uh, So one piece that you mentioned there just quickly, you taught. Where did you teach?
0: I taught at Head Start for about 12 years.
1: And that process was enjoyable for you? Was it something that you look back on fondly?
0: Yeah, I loved working with the children. Um, I taught until um, I had an accident and my neck was broken. And that's when I said, okay, it's time to get a new career. (laughs) (laughs) I loved working with kids because at that age, just by showing them love really changed a lot of their lives. And it changed a lot of the staff's lives to see what they were going through and to be able to guide them.
1: I think it's such a neat uh, kind of dovetail with your art background because one of the cool things about kids is that they, they're all artists. Yeah. You know, they all, they have not yet learned what they're good at and what they're not good at and not been told what they can and can't do. And so oftentimes, you know, every kid in the classroom will draw and create and it's mm-hmm. kind of neat to see all of their different levels and perspectives and talents all come out that way.
0: Yeah. I worked at St. Thomas Aquinas at the developmental school for a while. And the children were very severely handicapped. And I'm like, can we paint? Well no, because they might put it in your mouth. Can we can we play with play doh? No, they might put it in your mouth. And you would be surprised that jello and a paintbrush makes a painting. And shaving or whipped cream and jello <laughs> makes finger paint. So I just worked around it. And the kids enjoyed it. You could just you could just see it. It was fun.
1: We've talked about the joy you find in art process and the joy in, in sharing that with kids. What are some of the challenges in the process for you?
0: To share with children?
1: Well, or, or to do art in general. Like what are some of the challenges in creating art or the struggles in, in being an artist?
0: I think some of the hardest part is making time for your job <laughs> <laughs> because you want to do art. Like this morning I got up at 6 o'clock and I worked, I'm working on a piece right now. And the discipline is hard sometimes. But when you don't do it, you just feel yourself being drawn that i got to get back to the easel i got to do this the creativity usually is pretty easy for me to find inspiration i'm i'm okay in that department if not like i said i'll hop on youtube see what else somebody else is doing i'll try it
1: (laughs) but the discipline of making the time for it as a regular part of your life because most artists don't get to make a living making art that's very rare
0: no, we're, that's why they call us starving artists. <laughs> it's very true.
1: So your day job then is?
0: I'm a graphic artist.
1: Okay, so you do get to do art, but it's probably more doing jobs for other people and fulfilling their vision rather than creating yeah. from scratch.
0: Some of it's creative. A logo creation is good. Um, I do ads. And some people might think, oh, you know, a coupon ad, blah, blah, blah. But the clientele that I work with, they don't care if I get creative and add blocks of colors and throw in some pictures and it makes for a better advertisement that way.
1: So even in your day job, you're getting to express a little bit of that creative side of who you are.
0: Right. I mean, there'll be times when I have an off the wall great idea and the customer is like, no, <laughs> but you know, we learn to live with no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that leads us then here to the co-op and the gallery mm-hmm. that we're sitting in here. Uh, For the record, the the gallery, if you've never been here, is situated in Around the Corner Framing. Uh, They're on South Broadway, just a a couple of blocks off the square there. What led to this moment?
0: A couple years ago, um, the Art Guild started talking about a co-op for artists to sell. And then I became president of the Art Guild, and that's when I started doing my research. Like For a cooperative, every artist needs to work. We need to contribute. So I started looking at buildings, like, that's a $1,000 rent. We'd have to sell a lot of art. And then there'll be other places, and it's like, no, that doesn't have any parking. So one day I posted on Facebook all these things about how to start a co-op and what do you need to do for a co-op, and does anyone have a building for a (laughs) co-op? And then another gentleman who does marketing in the area says, you need to go see Tim at Around the Corner Frames. I'm like, okay. So I walk in, and to be kind, it was very messy. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. Let's just be honest. And I walked in and I looked around. And I said, yep. Can we open an art gallery here? And he was more than excited because he wanted an art gallery in here, but he has a framing shop and he's too busy and it's a perfect mix. You buy a print, you get a frame. It worked out. It works out great for artists, so so I started putting out the word, and then artists were contacting me. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. I want to do this. I want to do this. So we have twenty five artists now. We opened in September, and during the probably the worst time in history, and we're doing really good right now. I mean, it's it's exciting to see everybody's work.
1: So describe for a moment. You talk about the art guild and moving into an art cooperative. What's the difference for people who are listening? What makes something a cooperative?
0: The cooperative is where we cooperate. We cooperate on working. When we come in, we clean. We have events. We'll work the events. We might make cookies for the events. So it's really, it's a team effort. And the people get together, like we have two artists here today. They're going to do a two-man show. They're both watercolor artists. One actually taught the other, and they're doing a show in a few months. And that's the kind of thing we want to bring into our town is the talent that, that is so, there's so much talent in this town, you just don't know it.
1: <laughs> well, so one of the really cool things, if you, again, if you've not been here to visit, it's really easy to get to, South Broadway and New Philly. And what's really cool about the gallery is you have an incredible variety of art in here. So just describe for me a little bit of the different types of art that we're, we're looking at as we talk.
0: We have, in this gallery, we have abstract artists. I know some of you have heard of Zach Perillo. Just fabulous work. Tony Contini, and he's really well known for his robots. We have traditional art Lynn Fralick, Ed Paradise, Larry Kerr, they do watercolor. Jane Hazel is a master of pan pastels. Peggy Siblia does the most amazing wall sculptures. She does our windows too, she's really great. And we have jewelry artists. We have a silversmith who gets his turquoise from out west from a relative. We have glass artists, Connie Wall, she does a um, a Japanese technique, Angie Burns, she does some beautiful bead work. So we have everything from jewelry, well, wow, we just got a new artist, he does live edge tables. Walt Allen, you cannot beat the man's ceramics, they are just phenomenal. So we just, we have a great, great selection here. <laughs>
1: You can literally walk in here, and if you want a set of coffee mugs to take home that were handmade by a local artist, you can walk home with those. Mm-hmm. If you want something that's very abstract that just will look mm-hmm. great behind your, your couch, if you want a photograph of the sunset yeah. or of the barn or you know, some of the Ohio barns, anything in between there, an oil painting of, of still, still life, anything that you're looking for, and all done by people who live here in the area, which is just really cool.
0: Yeah, I t- totally. Forgot. We have fiber artists. Her name is Stephanie Space. And she does the most amazing thing with fabric. And this is something that you don't see a lot of. And, it, I mean, that's, it, it's amazing. The, the talent that was in this town that was really kind of undiscovered.
1: So how did you get connected with all of these people? Did they seek you out? Did you know them from the guild? Was it a series of connections? How did the 25 of you end up kind of all connected?
0: Several of these individuals were in the art guild. Um, several of them I went to school with. And a lot of them answered the call from Facebook, social media, and Tim actually frames art for artists. And so he started telling people so that it was just word of mouth.
1: And it's kind of grown from, what do you say you started with?
0: 10. 10. <laughs> so
1: you're, you're going to, you're, by the time you hit your one year anniversary, you're going to have tripled in the number of artists that you're displaying.
0: I'm hoping for 30.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're going to need more space.
0: Yeah, I know. We haven't been able to talk Tim into moving this stuff back further. <laughs>
1: But as you said, there's a neat partnership there with Around Mm -hmm. the Corner Framing that you come in, pick out a print that you want, walk right around the corner, get a custom frame put on it, and have something really special to put up in your house.
0: Yeah, and we also like the art to be presented professionally. So if you have a piece of art, he's great at making it look just amazing. I had a piece of art that I had framed, and I was playing around with all the frames he had back there. So I just ordered a new frame (laughs) because just that little bit can take your art to the next level.
1: So how do you guys decide what is displayed here and and who's a part of the co-op? Is it open to anyone? Is there a process that people go through?
0: We do have three of us. We call it the board. And someone will say, you know, I want to be in the co-op. And we'll say, what do you do? Can you bring us some samples of your work? And we look at it because we're not a craft store. We consider ourselves an art gallery, a fine art gallery. So we try to be very selective to have items that are creative artistic and considered art
1: so you're kind of looking for artists that fall in that fine art category and and your board decides that then if someone does become a part of the co-op what's kind of the next step for them
0: what they do is they pay a 55 dollar membership and 30 of it gives them their own web page on our tusk arts website and then the 25 is put into a fund for things like we need remodeled like our ceiling check out the ceiling the most beautiful ceiling in town. So that was that was funded by membership fees and donations, and it, it just adds something to this place. It's amazing.
1: So I know those of you listening can't see, but they have these custom tiles in their drop ceiling that are everything from copper to aluminum to uh, metals with different t- textures on them to uh, diamond aluminum. It looks like so all sorts of different pieces yes. and that kind of make up a patchwork ceiling. It really is. It beats the old white... Uh, Drop ceiling. <laughs> so you're now uh, basically eight months into having the gallery open. Is that right? Is my yes. math correct? September. And how's, how's it going so far? Are you really pleased with how things are going?
0: We have s- traffic um, not every day. But it's surprising that people still say, you have an art gallery in New Philly? So we've done direct mail. We've done flyers. We've... Told people so it's still gonna take a little bit of time for everyone to know. We're here
1: But you feel like the awareness is improving as the time goes on are you seeing more and more traffic?
0: Yes Yes And what really helps is Tim has a framing shop So artists come in here and people that buy art and a lot of times they'll leave with something
1: Yeah, that's kind of the neat part of that pairing is that not only on his end that if someone buys a piece of artwork Mm -hmm. They've got someone right here to frame it But also the kind of people who are looking for custom frames have often purchased a piece of art from somewhere else and are going to be coming in and looking and being impressed at what you have here as well.
0: Exactly. We have um, we have one attorney that she's bought two of my pieces, so I adore her. And she's telling the people that she knows, hey, you should go in there and buy more art. So, you know, the word of mouth really helps.
1: Do you have, I know this is, the gallery in and of itself has been a dream for you for a long mm-hmm. time. Do you have more dreams of where this is going to be six months from now, a year from now? Are you happy with where things are?
0: I think for now until we get well-established, that this is a really good place. The space is nice. It's laid out well. Um, I'm sure at some point when we get more artists, we'll figure out how to build some more wall space. But it's ideal right now. It's a perfect place. New Philadelphia is growing. They're going to start an arts district. They're going to have an art alley. They have art on the alley. They have all these events, music on the square. So we're in a really good spot here in New Philadelphia.
1: Let's kind of transition to that for a little bit, because I, I have been impressed with our different conversations with mm-hmm. talking with, with Rick over at the Ezekiel mm-hmm. Project and uh, even some other folks that we've done some interviews that haven't run yet. Art is really kind of a, a growing thing here in the community. There are a lot of people who value uh, from the murals on the wall mm-hmm. to art on the alley. What kind of has your involvement been in the art scene as a whole here in New Philadelphia besides just the gallery?
0: We attend meetings with other business owners and see what we can do. Um, we give them our input as artists. We, boxed, we actually we got a, a grant from the Tusk Arts Partnership. We have high school students right now painting murals for our building here. Okay. Because the idea was, you know, all these adults are painting really cool murals, but we have a lot of talented kids, young adults in high school, in New Philadelphia High School, and Starlight is doing one of our murals. So we, we wanted to include other people into this this adventure.
1: I love the mural stuff. I love that, that it's kind of a wave sweeping through the town because I think it just adds such a unique character and beauty to uh, the community. It makes it a very unique kind of place.
0: Oh, it does. And it seemed Alley Cats, when they had John Stuckey paint those giant cats, and you just can't drive by without just looking at those bright colors and there's more beside it and down sarah duggar does i mean it, all these murals really make the town phenomenal and you, you drive through massland you look at their murals yeah. i mean ours are just as cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are and it brings kind of a vibrancy and, and it's hard to not have a little bit of joy from the art i mean you said that art's supposed to bring emotion and i think seeing the bright colors seeing the creativity seeing the playfulness and a lot of those It just adds a moment of joy in the midst of whatever your day might be prior to that.
0: Right. I think just driving through town, you know that there's a lot of people that care about the town. They care enough to let you paint a mural on a building. They care enough to let people express themselves. And it just makes the town, I like to call it the New Philadelphia downtown experience. You can come here, you can see murals, you can see art, you can go to Alley Cats, Art and Soul. There's so many little quaint shops, and you can spend a day here.
1: Do you feel like having all of that art activity, whether it be art on the alley, whether it be the murals, whether it be your gallery here, is valuable to the community? Does it help make this a better place to live, having a vibrant art scene?
0: Yeah, I really do, because it just shows that this community lets people express themselves. It's a family-oriented place. You can come down here, you can spend the day it it just, it's just a beautiful little town.
1: Well, it's interesting that you see the value in that because I think in the midst of what has been a a year of pandemic arts kind of gotten lost in the shuffle as a non-essential as a non-important piece, whether it be uh, dramatic art or dance art or music art, all of those things kind of, well, we'll get back to those things later. They're not essential. And, and I don't know that that's true. I think some of those things are essential to our mental, emotional, and spiritual health.
0: Oh, definitely. When the, pandemic hit at first when you're sitting at home I mean I got I got kind of depressed and then I decided you know what I'm I'm gonna paint I'm gonna take this time I'm laid off which has been years and I just started painting and that was something that got me through plus planning this during that time so it is so nice to see things opening up we're looking for music on the square again art in the alley I mean, these things are going to happen this year and it's, it's a great thing to just let people get back to normal.
1: Have you been involved in art on the alley for the years? Is that something that you've been plugged into?
0: We had a booth there for the art guild, but basically it's, um, it's run by Tusk Arts Partnership. Uh, Rick Arendo has helped with that. So it's just something that we help advertise people come to it. I think we're having a stand or something there to this year. I'm not sure what we're doing, but we we like to be involved in that. It brings a lot of people to our town, too.
1: And this episode is going to go live on April 15th. So if you're listening to this, the next Art on the Alley is on May 2nd, uh, which is part of why we're having a conversation here at an art gallery is we want to celebrate the artist in our community. So the 25 or so who are represented here, but there are plenty of other artists Mm -hmm. who will be a part of art on the alley. So if you're listening to this, uh, come down on May the 2nd and be a part of art on the alley. That'd be a a really fun way to spend a a day as well.
0: Oh, definitely. You can walk through there and you can see ceramic art, abstract art, uh, woodworking, live demonstrations. It's just something that it's got to be seen. (laughs) It's a great experience.
1: So you took this, this long gap in your own art career and now you're here, you're helping to curate and kind of manage an art gallery. If you were speaking to someone who maybe has painted in the past, maybe they, as a child they, they did art all the time, they were an art student in school who fell in love, and they haven't done it in a long, long time, what kind of encouragement would you offer to them?
0: I just tell people just do it. Just get your stuff out. Lay it out on your table. If you don't have an easel, hang it on your wall. Just start somewhere. If, if you doodle, paint play with your grandchildren with some finger <laughs> finger paint. This is where you, you start building yourself back up and you start thinking, yeah, I can do this. Because a lot of times, oh, I'm too old, I haven't done that for years. But you don't lose it. It's not something that you lose. And there's there's always that drive, that drive to create. And if you don't do it, sometimes you just don't feel complete.
1: What do you think are some of the excuses we use to keep ourselves from from doing that, from getting back into it?
0: Oh, it's been so long. I'm no good. I probably forgot how to do it. Well, look at her. She does stuff better than me. I don't want to. I mean, you just, you can't compare yourself. You just have to start where you're at. And not everybody is going to turn into a famous artist. We know that. But
1: <laughs> That's why you have day jobs, yes. right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but art isn't done for the sole purpose of selling it or being famous. It's It's done because you have that creative outlet that you need.
1: Yeah, you've touched on something there. I've, I've talked about with several people in the process of doing these interviews. I think sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves that we have to be the best and if we can't be the best, we shouldn't do it. But there is value in just the process of doing it. Like, So what if you can only play piano at a third grade level? If you enjoy playing piano, there's value in sitting down and playing. So what if you can only paint mm-hmm. at a level that no one would ever want to buy your work? If you enjoy it and it's therapeutic for you, there's value in doing it for yourself, regardless of what the rest of the world thinks of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't start out a painting thinking, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to sell it for $900 and get rich. I paint it because I've never painted that before. I've never painted seashells. I've never painted paintbrushes. I wonder if I could do it. So a lot of times I just challenge myself. And each painting is a lesson for the next. Like I worked on grayscale. Okay, so now I'm going to paint this in different colors and I'm going to try different things so each one you learn and if you don't start you're not going to you're not going to learn you're just going to look at it and like I can't do it and I always say if you say you can't you can't so why bother
1: (laughs) (laughs) as I said this is it's a beautiful place if you have any interest in art whether to purchase or just to view um, they're located here on South Broadway at around the corner framing and then you're going to be impressed at the variety and the quality of the local art here Uh, Well worth your time to stop in. Uh, Vivian, I'm excited for you. You're kind of living your dream here. It's always Mm -hmm. neat to see someone realize something that's been inside of them for a really long time and actually see it come to fruition. So I'm really excited for you.
0: And I always say you're never too old to to try (laughs) something new. And it's just been a great experience. And I just, I'm happy. (laughs) I'm blessed. And again, I'm just going to say that when I start things, I always refer to the scripture that says commit your plans to the Lord and you won't fail.
1: Yeah.
0: And so far, you know, we're doing a great job and I'm not taking the glory.
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for spending the afternoon with me and for uh, sharing your beautiful artwork with me. Thank you. As always, my name is Josh Robinson and I'm a minister here in the community and I just love to tell the stories of people who are helping make our county a better place and Vivian Mosley is one of those people. Uh, the Tusk Arts Cooperative and Gallery adds a certain beauty and vibrancy to our area. That we wouldn't have if it was missing, so we're glad to be able to support them. If you happen to know somebody in your life who'd make a great interview subject, feel free to reach out to me at weartuskpodcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com or through our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash we are tusk. We'd love to reach out to other individuals in our community that are leading nonprofits or running small businesses and helping make Tusk County a great place. Thanks for listening. As we wrap up our podcast, I just want to mention that you can find more information about the Tusk Horse Arts Cooperative by going to newphillyguide.com. New Philly Guide has been a partner for the podcast here since almost the very beginning. They love to support local businesses and nonprofits and highlight the work being done specifically in the New Philadelphia area. So please check out newphillyguide.com for more information about the Tusk Arts Cooperative, as well as several other small businesses that we've already featured on the podcast and many more we're going to be talking to in the future. Thank you for listening to another episode of the We Are Tusk podcast presented by Dover First Christian Church.